gives it to Dalvin, shakes a tackle at the six, another at the five, he's out to the left, touchdown! Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket, he'll fire to the right side, caught by Diggs, stay oh my god, oh my god, 30, no Welcome back to the week five episode of the Throne League podcast. It was a crazy, crazy week. Uh, a lot of high scores, a lot of uh, heartbreaking losses. Johnny, why don't we get in with you first? You come out, you had a Monday night miracle. You pulled it out of nowhere. Didn't Scored under 100, but still came through. How does it feel after that? And uh, it had to be exciting. Well, Jacob, it was definitely... Uh in a week with a lot of high scoring, you know, high impact matchups with guys dropping uh, 30 points, 40 points and whatnot. Uh, Brian, a nice matchup certainly was a bit underwhelming by comparison, but yeah, like you said, the stakes on Monday night were high and in kind of a way that no one would ever expect, you know, the Baltimore defense getting zero and Tucker getting three Latavius Murray gets just enough. Um, that's a brutal loss for Brian. I probably didn't deserve to win that one, but I did, and in fantasy, wins matter, so it just feels great to uh, come up with a win scoring underneath 100 points, Jacob. Yeah, uh, I was on the other end of that, a little heartbreak in a Monday night, Uh, of course, stupid-ass Scott, everybody hates the kid, he's such a freaking pussy, and I hate him, Uh, he has a little Marky Mark Andrews come out here, put up 41.7 points, catches two touchdowns, two two two-point conversions, I don't even know what else he had, over 100 yards, 10-plus catches, something like that, Mark Andrews is terrible throughout the whole year, so when I was going into this matchup, I was up like 35, I wasn't even considering losing this one, and then it just comes all downhill, so... It sucks to lose like that. It puts me to one and four, which is really the biggest thing on that. Is because if I was sitting at two and three, I could still have a good shot of pushing into the playoffs. But yeah, I'm gonna keep rolling with it, and hopefully my team can kind of come through next week. I uh, I got Brian, and he's got some injuries. We'll get into it later, but I'm hoping my team could perform and hit the playoffs. But uh, yeah. Uh, so for this episode, we got Nutter coming on later. We'll be getting into the breakdown soon, as well as the preview, and then we'll get into the, uh, what should we call it, the power rankings and all that good stuff. But I wanted to bring up a thing here, Johnny. Uh, late last night, we had a little uh, brainstorm session, and we came up with a new rule. We had a majority there, so we took a vote on it. It was a unanimous decision in that meeting. Uh we're looking at if you don't win a game throughout the entire regular season, you'll be looking at ha- having to eat those wings. You don't have a shot to get out of it in the playoffs, and you got to eat six of them instead of three as we usually do. So, Jack, I know you're in contention for that right now. Don't go winless. It's uh, it's pretty hard to do that, but your team, hopefully you can pull it together. But, Johnny, do you like this rule that we kind of put in stake uh, for these kind of end-of-the-year stinker teams uh, that are shouldn't deserve to get out of a wing-eating. 
You know, I sit in a bit of a seat of privilege on this one, Jacob, given that I'm already essentially exempt from that rule, at least for this season. But yeah, I do think that there is some merit to that rule. I mean, not winning a game in the duration of the regular season, um, I think deserves some kind of punishment in its own right. Um, it's been a brutal start for Jack. I personally, sitting here now, don't think that... Uh, well. Unfortunately for Jack, he plays me this week, which means that he'll have to sweat another week of potentially ending up with that uh, double-dipping punishment on the wings there. But yeah, I think that's I think that's good. Wouldn't you say that's fair, Jacob? Yeah, I think it's fair, and it, it just kind of adds some more excitement for that. It would be funny to see somebody eat six of them before they could make their draft pick, but... Yeah, uh, what else do you see in this uh, this week's matchup uh, or last week's matchups that kind of uh, really tickled your uh, your your belly, or so to say? Well, you mentioned your matchup, Jacob, and I won't kill you with it, but I do think it's pretty incredible that Scott had two 40-point performers in one week. It was just a couple of weeks ago that Scott and I had our matchup together, and it came down to Justin Herbert. I had a significant, I had a 44-point uh, advantage over Scott in the matchup and Scott had listed out all the stats that Herbert would need to get on his Monday night game against the Raiders to beat me and we're like yeah that can almost never happen and then this week against you Herbert gets 42 and a half points so obviously he's very capable of getting up in that elite uh, ballpark of points there but this was a big scoring week Jacob this was really impressive we saw a lot of guys come out I mean even for you Mike Williams right people are still doubting um, where Mike Williams stands as a receiver and where his consistency is, but he drops yet another 30-point game this year, this early on in the season, and I think that has certainly got to make you feel good, but people all across the board, right? I mean, we see there's star players that are delivering, which is what you love to see, and then there's some guys coming up that maybe you didn't expect. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, we know Jake's been low on him for most of the year, but Jonathan Taylor has a dandy on Monday Night Football, and Lamar does what Lamar, you know, we certainly know he's capable of, although he did it throwing the ball a lot more than we might have expected him to, and Devontae Adams has another huge game for himself. I know that that might hurt for you just a little bit, considering that, that he was a former member of your team, but just a huge scoring week, right? This is what we live for in fantasy. We love to see our star players go out and get huge amounts of points. Yeah, it's always fun to see the points on the board, but you know, when you're putting up 146 and losing, putting up 124 and losing, those are some uh, stat lines where you're going to win most of the week, so it's it's tough to lose in these type of uh, high-scoring things, but yeah, uh, but what about that Saquon injury for Scott's team? Are you concerned with him uh, moving forward? Do you think Scott's going to be on a downwards trend after that? That is a tough injury. You know, I was watching most of the games throughout the day, and that highlight of the Saquon uh, ankle injury was shown what felt like about 100 times. It looked really brutal. Um, the early reports I've heard out of New York is that it's not as bad as it could have been. I don't know exactly what that means, but it certainly seems like Saquon won't be suiting up uh, in the Giants matchup this week against the Rams, which, yes, creates some problems, right? Because Scott was starting to feel okay with Trey Sermon. He had gotten a start a couple of times, but Elijah Mitchell's back for San Fran, and it, Sermon was almost entirely phased out of that offense. You know, David Johnson on his bench, he had, uh, he got some points, mainly just through receiving and taking full advantage of that PPR point system. But yeah, without Saquon, 
Scott's running back core looks mighty, mighty thin. Obviously, it was reassuring to see Robinson continue to do what he does despite playing on that horrible Jacksonville Jaguars team. He seems to be the only guy on offense there that's going to be able to contribute consistently. But I do think Scott is going to be in a little bit of a bind for a couple of weeks. What do you think, Jacob? Yeah, I completely agree with everything you said there. I think he's going to have to do some adapting. Uh, plus, you know, San Fran's on bye next week, so he's got to figure something out there. We'll see where he kind of adapts. Maybe he hits the waiver wire. Maybe he keeps it internally. But we'll uh, definitely be looking out for that because he's got a good, big... Uh, Heavy matchup next week, I think, against Bryce, so uh, he's going to have to make the right start if he wants to take down the number one team. Uh, but, yeah, as I mentioned, we're hitting our first buys. Uh, I, I want to talk about these a little because it's always exciting to see where guys can uh, really test their depth on their team, uh, especially when they have multiple buys going in uh, to a week. Uh, Johnny, are you were you concerned going in the draft about buys, and, and does this really affect a lot of your uh manage managerial strategy you know bye weeks are sometimes they become an afterthought right because when you're on draft day you can get caught up in the moment when you're on the clock and you see a player that you really like so you go out and you get him you're surprised he's still there and then halfway through the season you find out that you happen to select four of those guys that you really liked and they all have the same bye week and that is huge obviously some people make the argument well if you only have one tough week with a lot of buys you know you can take a loss there there's enough games where you can make it up but it certainly is something to consider i mean bye weeks are huge and when you get them this early on in the season if you're already behind in the win column and you get a big buy coming up on your schedule against a big opponent obviously it's going to cause you a little bit of an extra strain a little bit more anxiety about how to figure that out but i think it also comes down and helps decide who really are the good fantasy managers because the good fantasy managers will be able to address when bye weeks or injuries come up hit that waiver wire or you know pick up the phone and try try to work out a trade and make their big plays that'll end up winning um games what about you jacob yeah i really want to see how guys adapt to this situations that they're gonna have with the buys i know there's a big bye week I, I, they're doing the bye weeks weird this year there's like six to eight teams that are on a bye one week and it really throws a lot of these fancy matchups off so we'll see how that kind of affects every team going forward but I know next week uh week seven I got a couple guys on bye and Jack does as well so we're gonna be the battle of the shitters the two worst teams in the league uh going up against each other with half our best players on buys but yeah it'll be fun uh I do think this is where the zero RB strategy kind of is excels is during this situation because your core is your wide receivers and you're going to have at least two of your main ones going at the same time if you drafted it correctly and then usually you have some stronger wide receiver depth on your bench so that's kind of where I come with the philosophy on zero RB is I'll just slide in whoever at the running back spot and not rely on those guys because it's such a slim position uh, but were you thinking about that when you did zero RB? Um, that wasn't a huge consideration. Honestly, thinking back on my strategy, it was a bit half-baked. I really just wanted to go out and get a lot of pass catchers. My thought was, if I get a lot of pass catchers and injuries occur throughout the season, I'll be able to make my move and perhaps steal some value on a running back for a guy who's really uh, desperate at the receiver position. But that was kind of a ill-placed thought as 
this fantasy league has turned out, the running back position has just only gotten even slimmer. And while there have been some notable receiver injuries, like what appears to be the entire, almost the entire New York Giants team at this point is injured, um, no one is clamoring or no one is feeling a big rush to go out and get a receiver, obviously. We're talking about how Scott might feel the need to go make a move for a running back there. So, you know, Jacob, it's tough. There's all different kinds of fantasy strategies and it's there's no proven tact that'll win you games because of how unpredictable uh, these fantasy football seasons tend to be. But given how shallow the running backs are and given the bye week situation, yeah, I do think that there is some value now where if you are sitting on a stockpile of receivers that a move could be made. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting, but uh, we can move through into the episode. We can get into the breakdowns here, Johnny, if you don't have anything else for us. I'm absolutely ready to break down these Week 5 matchups, Jacob. All right, let's get into it. All right, boys, now it is time to take a look at our first matchup from Week 5. We are going to start off with Bryce versus Joe, Christian Dior Dior versus Titty Milker's Milk Gods. Uh, this was a fairly lopsided matchup. Uh, it saw an undefeated Bryce come in and a bit of a struggling team from Joe. Uh, he started off 2-0, took two straight losses in a row. He took two straight losses in a row. He was looking to turn things around this week against a tough opponent, but he was unable to do so. Bryce would come out on top 147.3 to 113.8, and Bryce had productivity all up and down the board. He had, let's see here, he had a number of guys go over 20. He didn't have any massive performers. In a week where we saw a lot of guys break 30 points from a single performer, Bryce didn't. He went about it a little bit of a more traditional way, seeing 20 points from Najee Harris as Pittsburgh beat Denver at home. Uh, Pittsburgh actually was dominant for most of that matchup, and it allowed us to see what Najee Harris can do on the ground. We had seen in previous weeks what he could do as a pass catcher, but he ran for over 100 yards this week and got himself a rushing touchdown. Uh, that trade that Bryce made early on, earlier on in the season um, continues to look good, especially when we talked about how shallow this year's running back class is. And even at his running back two position, Leonard Fournette, a guy that I have been personally mixed on for most of the year, uh, he grabs 21. Uh, I mean, Tampa Bay absolutely dominated uh, Miami for the entirety of that game and even though he didn't do a ton running the ball he made up for it by getting in the end zone and catching a couple of passes he also breaks 20 points Debo Samuel Debo Samuel with his new quarterback Trey Lance who actually Trey Lance did suffer an injury in that game so we're gonna have to monitor that situation going forward but Debo Samuel uh, showed us that he can deliver despite what quarterback is in playing for them he got him 16 and DeAndre Hopkins another trade acquisition for Bryce he adds 20 as uh, and what was surprisingly at least surprisingly to me a low scoring affair between Arizona and San Francisco but he got in the end zone which you love to see he has already gotten into the end zone four times this year and probably what might be the most interesting of note is at the tight end position Dawson Knox has delivered for the third week in a row he has four touchdowns in three weeks he has five touchdowns in four weeks this guy is legitimate and that Bill's offense is legitimate and it looks like Bryce at 5-0 and is a very strong 5-0 and who will be very hard to beat going forward now on the flip side Joe suffers his third straight loss in a row 
He was really hurt by his tight end and flex position this week. Zach Ertz mustered only one catch uh, as Philly headed to Carolina to win that close game. And Tyler Boyd, uh, we had... A game that will probably be talked about for a long time, Jacob. Green Bay and Cincinnati and all the missed field goal kicks. You know, someone who was left out of that was Tyler Boyd. It was kind of the Jamar Chase day once again for Cincinnati. Tyler Boyd was only able to grab four catches for a minimal 24 yards. That production from those two spots is certainly not going to get you an upset win over a big team. Although he did see some promising things happen. Nick Chubb looked absolutely excellent against the Chargers as the Browns lost in that thriller of a shootout. You know, Josh Jacobs finds the end zone. Again, he's... Jacobs has proven that when he finds the end zone and he finds it often enough, he is a reliable running back too. And Justin Jefferson's doing exactly what you'd like him to do. He's getting over 100 yards. He's getting a number of receptions. But all that being said, it wasn't enough for Joe. Uh, Mahomes looked, I don't want to say bad because Mahomes never really looks bad, but he looked off. Mahomes did not look like Mahomes on Sunday night against the Bills, and that certainly hurt him. He continues to have issues with turnovers that he's never had before. And ultimately, that resulted in Joe taking his third straight loss. Which matchup do you have for us, Jacob? Let's bring it over to the tightest matchup of the week. We got uh, the Nail Biters, or I guess it was Tucker right in the pussy last week. Uh, Brian versus Come Hill or High Water, you, Johnny. Uh, winning uh, Monday night, as we talked about earlier, 94.9 to 93.3. This was our low-scoring matchup, but it had some excitement to it. You know, story from Brian's side is the injuries. He His team's been riddled with injuries this whole year, especially through the receivers, and he's been trying to figure out where to start and who to play in those uh, flex and wide receiver two positions, and it did not work for him this week. He got 3.5 points from Marvin Jones and zero points from Kenny Galladay suffering an injury in that game, and it really uh, just that's kind of the difference right there. He would have had, if he could have put somebody else in at those spots, he would have probably easily taken this matchup. And then, yeah, Clyde going down. Clyde was looking good, and it's going to be tough for Brian to figure out what he wants to do. He's going to have to search the waiver wire, maybe go out, trade uh, Dak Prescott or Jalen Hurts. Uh, that's really the situation on his hands right now. But what else can you say about Derrick Henry? He's still a shining light. DK Metcalf's proven that he's uh, won the matchups against against Lockett these past couple weeks. So seeing uh, he's got some bright spots on his team, but yeah, tough loss for him there. But we'll jump over to your side. Not your strongest performance, but a win's a win. Uh, your your uh, wide receivers, solid performances all around. You'd hope they can get a little more out of it, but it got you the win. Incredible uh, pickup by you is uh, Emmanuel Sanders. He's really turned out to be an actual guy in this league. He got you 20 points this week, and that's what you needed to get the win. So it was a great start by you, great pickup. Emmanuel Sanders, we'll see if he can continue to do it uh, throughout the entire year, but it still got you uh, some good points here in this week. Uh, but, yeah, we can jump over to your running backs. Not great performances out of it, but Latavius Murray made that uh, late catch in the – overtime of the Monday night game and that's what gave you the win this week so hey you got your you got enough points out of your running backs to get the victory and that's all you need to do with this situation uh you really do hope that Kyler Murray can kind of perform a little better but uh he's been down the past couple weeks but he's still a good player and I don't see that going down for much longer maybe next week against the Browns the Browns are ready to 
end this uh, Cardinals winning streak, but we'll see it going forward. Uh, yeah, this was a very tight matchup, and it really came down to Monday night, and those are always exciting. So a uh, great uh, win for you, Johnny, and a very tough one for Brian. He's been in a lot of close matchups, and that's always decided by Monday night, as he says. That's why he's the nail biters. Uh, but, yep, let's move on to the next one, Johnny. Well, Jacob, I think it's only fitting that we go from one matchup that was decided on Monday Night Football to another matchup that was decided on Monday Night Football. And unfortunately, this one hits a little bit too close to home for you as it saw you, Allen's large Gordon, taking on Scott. Watch what you say, Quan. Uh, in an absolute shootout, almost mirroring in some sense uh, the Browns versus Chargers game in real life. You were in control for a large, large portion of this game, Jacob. You put up a lot of points. But on Monday Night Football in the 12th hour, or the 11th hour, I guess is what the saying is. I don't know why I said the 12th hour. Um, Scott rallies behind a monster day from Mark Andrews. Uh, the final score in this one would be 153.2 to 146. It would drop you, Jacob, to 1-4 and four and push Scott to 3-2 and two as he gets back on the winning track. Uh, and let's take a look at the victors team here. Like we mentioned at the top of the show, a couple of huge performances from Scott's team. Justin Herbert looked incredible. Five total touchdowns, 42 and a half total fantasy points as the Chargers took down Cleveland. Just a monster, monster day, proving Scott right on putting his faith uh, in Herbert in the draft this year. It truly looks like the young kid is is ready to move into that elite sort of conversation. And like we also mentioned of note, Saquon Barkley finished with only nine tenths of a point because he left with that nasty, nasty looking ankle injury. What would turn out to be one of a slew for the Giants that they would suffer in their lopsided loss to Dallas. Uh, James Robinson. James Robinson goes for 150 rushing yards. We often talk about how when teams or offenses that often get behind early in games, the running backs tend not to be able to muster much on the ground. That was not the case for James Robinson. He gets 149, even though Jacksonville loses by nearly 20 points to Tennessee. Scott's even though with the loss of Barkley feeling really good about Robinson's future going forward there. And even with overcoming Stephon Diggs's fairly lackluster performance and what was a huge win for Buffalo on Sunday night. He would only have two catches, uh, 69 yards in total, but we have to talk about the other big guy. We have to talk about Monday night Mark. Monday night Mark Andrews goes for 41.7 points as Lamar Jackson staged a heroic comeback against those Indianapolis Colts that were in control by and large for most of that game. Like you mentioned to me, Jacob, Andrews only had nine points going into the half, but he would get all the way to 41 by the end of overtime through 11 catches, 147 yards, and a pair of touchdowns and a pair of two-point conversions. Uh, when it, Lamar got it going, it was going all to Mark Andrews all throughout that fourth quarter and into overtime, and that was enough to ultimately decide that matchup. That's absolutely brutal, Jacob. You never want to be on the uh, opposite side of what was or what will be a historical performance for Mark Andrews at the tight end position. But let's not let it all be negative because, Jacob, your team still mustered 146 points, uh, and you had some really, really big performances that are going to be promising for you going forward. Josh Allen is firmly Josh Allen. I mean, in a matchup between him and Mahomes, you know, people 
are often of the idea that Mahomes would be the better of the two, but that certainly wasn't the case on Sunday night. He grabbed you 36.3. Four total touchdowns is something that you love to see when the quarterback is able to get it done through the air and also on the ground. Jamar Chase looked phenomenal again. Him and Burrow continue to have an excellent relationship. He gets nearly 30 as he breaks 150 yards and adds a touchdown. And Mike Williams. Mike Williams tore the Browns defense apart as he got over 150 yards and a pair of touchdowns good enough for 36 and a half fantasy points. And not only that, I mean, kicker. Actually, both of you guys had good production from your kickers. They would cancel each other out at 10. And also, Kelsey would add 17.7, which is nothing to scoff at, but obviously pales in comparison to the performance from Mark Andrews. And, Jacob, your running backs, the running back situation, they could not get to 10 total points between them, Melvin Gordon and Singletary. Uh, as we said, that Buffalo offense just got going, and it wasn't through Singletary, so that didn't make a difference there. And Denver played behind for most of that game, and Melvin Gordon was not able to get a whole bunch going. So, ultimately, Jacob, a tough loss for you, but I think that you certainly have enough uh, good things that occurred this week that should give you some hope going forward that you can dig yourself out of that 1-4 and four record. What do you got next? Let's jump over to the uh, matchup between Aiden and Caden, the similar name matchup. Uh, we got, I don't even know anymore, scoring 93.3 points and then the Adams resurrection resurrecting Caden's team to a 152.9 victory Caden's team has looked very strong uh recently ever since he made the trade and brought Devante over to his team uh but yeah Caden just dominated even having Daniel Jones Jones score 4.5 points Caden's team still managed to put up 152 uh Eckler had another great performance for him as well. Uh, everybody in that game, except for Odell, were really put a, put on a show. So that's uh, really where he showed some strength with his running backs. Uh, Chris Carson was out this week, so he had to jump in Alex Collins. So it wasn't the best performance, but 9.2. It's not terrible. It's better than uh, anything I can say. Um, but Devontae, 37. Uh, great performance. We're seeing that out of him a lot. So uh, it's not a surprise that he can do something like that. And it just really propelled his team uh, forward. And then who else? Then Robert Woods, 27 points. Uh, he's finally uh, came out and put on a show. It looked like uh, he couldn't drop a pass that game. He was just getting the ball all over the field. And then Cordell Patterson goes to London lights up a show he gets 18.4 points cordell patterson what else can you say how does he get 18 but yeah caden's team looked incredible we could look over at aiden's team there's some tough things russell wilson going down is tragic uh hopefully he could come back later in this year and be the same russell wilson as he was before but it's not great alvin Kamara, shining star on the team but besides that, A.J. Brown hasn't really been the guy uh, we were expecting him to be. He's been dealing with some injuries, so hopefully he could get back on track, but it's not looking great. Chris Godwin, 14 points. That he, that's what you're getting out of him. So, you know, hope, you're hoping that he gets into the 20-point mark, but he couldn't do that. Darren Waller, 8.5 points. That's unfortunate for Aiden there. He was looking incredible, and then he just hasn't shown that he can continue to put up those 30-point games. So it's unfortunate that he got rid of a guy like uh, Najee, as you were saying, but 
it's tough for uh, Aiden, and you hope that maybe this Gruden situation, they'll lean on Waller a lot more, but we'll continue to see going forward how he performs. Uh, but, yeah, no, Antonio Brown on the bench with 31 points, and then Cortland Sutton, those two guys that Aiden wished he probably had in the lineup, but uh, it was tough decisions for him to make going into this uh Week and it really wouldn't have mattered too much. I think Caden still would have came out with a victory there. So it's unfortunate for Aiden, but Caden takes the win there, propelling himself to three and two, and Aiden down to two and three. What do you got else for us? All right, Jacob. Next up, we're going to take a look at Stino versus Jake uh, Elner taking on Taylor Sucks, uh, a name that arguably hasn't aged particularly well. Uh, this matchup would see Jake advance to four and one via a 162.3 to 124.2 victory that would send Stino to a 3 and 2 record and this game also had uh, some huge performances on Monday Night Football to thank for Jake's uh, huge performance. Jake actually would add over 70 points on Monday Night Football alone. That would come via Lamar Jackson and Jonathan Taylor. Both were the stars for each of their two teams and what will probably be remembered as a big-time Monday Night Football game that saw a huge comeback from the Baltimore Ravens, led by Lamar Jackson. Uh, 442 passing yards for Lamar and four passing touchdowns. That is absolutely crazy. 41.8 points, a monster day, and a heroic performance in front of those Baltimore fans. But Jonathan Taylor was nothing to scoff at. He's the one who sort of uh, jump-started that game for the Colts as he would scamper for a 74-yard receiving touchdown on an early third down in the first quarter of that game. He would go on to finish with 31.9 fantasy points, and he did that with only 53 rushing yards, okay? He got 116 receiving, plus a receiving touchdown, and also a rushing touchdown. So Jonathan Taylor has firmly proven over the last couple of weeks that he is certainly capable of getting points through the air and on the ground and also getting into the end zone. Another huge performance for Jake this week came from Mike Evans as Tampa Bay absolutely destroyed Miami. Uh, Mike Evans has had a very, very solid year. A little bit quiet the last couple of weeks, but he absolutely explodes this week, goes over 100 yards, and grabs himself a pair of touchdowns, good enough for 29.3 points. Those were really the impact makers. Also, of an interesting note, he got 13 points from Mason Crosby, despite Mason Crosby missing three field goals in the game. Uh, just a wild, wild game there, and you still love to see 13 points from your kicker, despite him having what will be remembered as a pretty horrible performance, although he was ultimately redeemed with the game winner in overtime. Uh, and then on Steno's side, not a bad week, 124 points, you know, in, th in this particular week doesn't look strong but in most weeks looks pretty good uh he was really buoyed by a huge day from brady as we talked about um and actually i guess in some sense it kind of hurt him right because brady was throwing the ball so much to mike evans on jake's side but still the old man got you know we have to mention his age every week the old man got 400 passing yards and five passing touchdowns good enough for 37.7 what a huge huge week for quarterbacks this week Elsewise, the flex position, Kareem Hunt had another great day for the Browns. He got into the end zone a couple of times. He continues to prove that he has a nose for the end zone. But where did things fall a little bit short for Steno? Brandon Cooks. 
Things have gotten a little bit interesting for Brandon Cooks the last couple of weeks. He looked absolutely great the first three, but his connection with Davis Mills and just that offense in general under Davis Mills has not looked nearly as good as it did the first couple of weeks. Even though Davis Mills did not have a poor performance, it was not through Brandon Cooks where he saw his success. He manages only 5.3 points, certainly not what you want to see from a wide receiver too. And then the tight end position. Coming off a pretty big day on Monday Night Football last week, Jared Cook could not match it this week. He would only have one reception, and that simply won't get it done. And, you know, from the running back position, we've talked about how Joe Mixon has some injury concerns. He was able to play in this game, but it didn't really matter a whole lot. He would get only 3.3 yards per carry over 10 carries. He would find the end zone, which salvaged the day overall, but certainly not enough production at 10.5 points to uh, get Steno a victory here. What do you have next, Jacob? Let's get it over into our last matchup. It was between Nutter and Jack. We had uh, a 153.4 to 114.4 victory for Nutter. Uh, Nutter's team looked really good this week. Uh, shining stars for him are his three running back core. They really have shown to be strong, competitive players and getting him wins throughout the year. Uh, he advanced to 2-3 and three on the year. He's had some tough losses but he pulled through on this one. Uh, so, yeah, he had all three of his running backs go for over 20 points. And it was great for him. That really put his team over the edge. And uh, look who broke out. The guy who got uh, a lot of flack for not doing anything, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts got him 26.9 points. So we'll see how that goes forward uh, because when Calvin Ridley comes back, we'll see if that affects how much he gets. But Kyle Pitts showed that he can be a good tight end in this league, and we'll see if he can continue that production going forward. But still looking over at Nutter's team, we got some question marks. Uh, with uh, his quarterback and then his two wide receivers. DJ Moore has looked really good this year. It's just a down week this week. Uh, hopefully uh, he can jump back to where he was before. And Deontay Johnson got him 15.2, which is solid, but hopefully he can uh, prove to be a good uh, wide receiver going forward and kind of take over in some of those games for Pittsburgh. The Juju injury might help him out, get him some more targets. We'll see how that goes. And then Tannehill. Tannehill's not doing what anybody expected him to do. Nutter's probably going to be looking to try to get a new quarterback moving forward. Um, but going over to Jack's team, falls to 0-5. It's unfortunate. Uh, his team's just not been there. Uh, TJ Hawkinson has not looked like himself. Uh, we thought that maybe he could have been one of those top five tight ends, but he has not looked like that the past three weeks. Uh, and then uh, Michael Pittman had a good game, you know, uh, but it just wasn't enough for him to get through uh, this week. And then Keenan Allen was another guy who didn't get as many uh, targets in that high-scoring Cleveland Chargers game. So 13 from there. Uh, Jack had some solid performances on the team. Alexander Madison got him 26. The handcuff really pulled through for him in this situation. But Stafford's looking down. He hasn't uh, scored as much as you'd like him to score to kind of get you a victory. But... Yeah, hopefully when uh, Dalvin Cook and Julio come back, his team can kind of fall into suit here and try to get a win. But he might be looking at the wings right now because his team is a little uh, weak. Uh, but we, I can't go without mentioning the 31.9-point performance from Miles Gaskin. Uh, maybe he'll be in the lineup next week. Maybe he can kind of 
do the same as he did last week and not be the guy who he was the first four weeks of the season. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, Jack's got a lot to look throughout his lineup and kind of make some strong decisions next week if he wants to get his first victory. But that was the all the uh, matchups of last week. And uh, why don't we get into this Nutter interview, Johnny, if you got nothing else to say. I'm ready. Let's bring Nutter on. All right, we now bring on a very special guest here. We got Nutter coming on. He had a great performance last week, and uh, his team's looking solid here. He wishes he probably could have got a couple more wins, but Nutter, how are you doing, and how are you liking your team so far? I'm doing well. I, I am liking my team. Like you said, I do wish I could have uh, pulled off a couple more wins there. I feel like 4-1 and one for my team is was well within the realm of possibility, but unfortunately we're sitting at 2-3, and three, but I think we're on the upward swing. Yeah, uh Obviously, you're boosted by your running back core here. You got three stud running backs. A lot of people don't even have one. So it, I know this was your strategy. Kind of, It wasn't really your strategy going into it, but it fell to you, and it's looking like it was a good decision because your team puts up solid numbers every week. Uh, how are you feeling about those three guys in particular, and do you think they're going to continue to do those type of things throughout the year? So far, I'm very satisfied with the production I've been getting out of them. Um, I think last week was probably like perfect for me. They each had over 20 points. is exactly what I'm looking for. I worry a little bit about some of the future with a lot of these guys getting a lot of touchdowns early in the season and possibly seeing a little bit of regression there and their production falling off. But I value running backs a lot in fantasy because of their consistent production. You don't necessarily see that as much with the wide receivers. I know Johnny with Tyreek Hill, you see some weeks he has 50 points and some weeks he has five points. And you don't really get that as much with running backs. You get consistent 15 to 20 points out of good running backs. And I like I value that a lot in fantasy is consistent production for my team. And that's what I've been getting out of my boys, Gibson, Swift, and Elliott so far. Yeah, that is definitely a smart decision to go through with this, uh, with uh, managing your team. Uh, but Johnny, I'll uh, shoot it over to you. Well, Nutter, I got a quick question for you here. You know, so far, obviously you did go heavy after the running backs, but through the early part of the season, your receivers have also performed pretty well. Now, however, this past week, uh, we saw DJ Moore... Uh, drop off a little bit. I mean, we've seen the last couple of weeks, Sam Darnold is looking a little bit like the Sam Darnold from before. He's turning over the ball, and that Carolina team has struggled for it, and DJ Moore has struggled for it. And also, Deontay Johnson's had a very nice year. Uh, obviously, both this week against Denver, he kind of had a one-catch game, right? He had the long touchdown catch, and outside of that, he only saw two total targets, and that was with uh, Juju Smith-Schuster going down with injury during the game. How do you feel about those guys going forward? I am very satisfied with the production I've been getting out of my two guys. I think going running back heavy, you really just kind of hope to hit on one of your wide receivers, and so far it's looking like I've hit on both of them, I'd say. DJ Moore, obviously quite a bit of a letdown last week. The Panthers as a whole are just... A complete disarray without Christian McCaffrey there to kind of spearhead the offense. So hopefully with the return of him next week, he kind of opens up a little bit more space for DJ Moore and for Sam Darnold to be a little bit more comfortable. And he was just awful this past week. So hopefully he kind of gets it together here next week. I am Minnesota, their defense is kind of middle of the road. So hopefully it's not too, too bad for the team. With Deontay Johnson, the two targets last week uh, is a little concerning. I'm surprised by that because i think the reason i drafted him is because he's just so good in ppr he gets 10 plus targets every single game and catches most of them and so his, his floor is just so high but with the two targets last week and especially with juju going down it is a little bit concerning but i do hope that that's 
not a trend that continues and hopefully he gets those targets back up against kind of a weak Seattle secondary coming up this Sunday night. Now, another question for you here. You got two quarterbacks, two pretty decent quarterbacks for the most part between Ryan Tannehill and Derek Carr. Um, but they've struggled, especially Carr has struggled in recent weeks. Obviously, he got off to a historic record-setting pace and has cooled off quite drastically the last couple of weeks. And Tannehill seems to have not really found his stride. Uh, Derrick Henry, obviously, is the true power horse of that offense. Are you comfortable with those two guys forward and just kind of playing matchups? Or are you? Uh, do you have your eyes open for maybe looking for someone else? I am definitely not comfortable with my two quarterbacks that I have right now. I don't, yeah. Like you said, Derrick Carr... Looked great the first three weeks of the season. The Raiders looked like they had everything was going right for them. They were going three and zero. Offense would looked amazing, and now it's all come coming crashing down. They don't even have a, a coach just resigned. So who knows what the future holds for that team? So um, Derek Carr is probably hitting the waiver wire this week. In terms of Ryan Tannehill, I think last week Derek Henry had three touchdowns. He probably won't have three touchdowns every week. Uh, hopefully, Brian Tannehill starts getting some touchdown production up. He's only had one touchdown pass in three out of the five games, and the one and another one, he had zero. So hopefully those touchdown numbers get up and he can be like a serviceable starter for me in the future. But I'm definitely looking to acquire a better quarterback, whether you're playing the matchups through the waiver wire uh, each week or potentially looking to acquire one through a trade. I do feel that quarterback is probably my weakest link right now i'm talking about what at least appeared to be a weak link early on in the season kyle pitts at tight end absolutely broke out as atlanta traveled to london to take on the jets uh in the absence of calvin ridley kyle pitts stepped up in a major way obviously 27 points had over 100 yards bunch of catches and a touchdown do you think that that is this what you're seeing from Pitts that you had hoped when you went to draft him? Do you think this is something he'll continue to be able to do going forward? This is exactly what I was hoping for out of Pitts. He finally was able to find the end zone um, against a pretty weak Jets team, and he definitely benefited a lot from both Ridley and Gage being out this past week. He has He's gotten a fair bit of targets each week, 8, 6, 3, 9, 10, I'm, I see. So I'm very satisfied with the amount of targets he's been getting, and I think Matt Ryan seems to like to look his way, especially in the red zone. So as they kind of start to mesh and kind of get their rhythm going, hopefully the bye week, uh, nothing changes there, that Pitts will be good for me the rest of the season. I know the first couple of weeks I was really upset that Jack picked Hawkinson a few picks ahead of me, and I was stuck with Kyle Pitts, but right now I'm glad I do not have Hawkinson, unfortunately, for the Jack. I'll turn it over to you, Jacob. Oh, okay, yeah, no, I, know, I agree with you there, Nutter. Uh, I was considering trading for Hawkinson early on season, but I'm glad I didn't do that either. Uh, you took some tough losses this year, and, you know, your team should probably be better than 2-3. and three. Uh, So are you kind of concerned that you took those losses early, or do you think you're going to be able to make it up going forward? I think 2-3 and three is not too much of a cause for concern. I think if I would have lost this past week and fallen to 1-4, and four, I would have been a lot more worried about the state of my team. I know that I mean, putting up 130, 150 these past few weeks, it feels good to know that your team is able to perform and put up those big numbers. And unfortunately, ended up in the losing end the past couple of weeks. But just knowing that the team has it in them to perform well makes me feel good about the future because I know that the matchups will balance out in the long run. I'll play those teams that put up 90 points in a week and... Hopefully, we end up securing a playoff spot by the end of the season. Yeah, I could, I don't know even who's dropping these 90-point games. Couldn't even be me. Uh, I, uh, I don't know what kind of teams do that. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, looking over at your matchup this week, you got Caden coming up. Um, why would somebody trade Caden Devonte Adams? Do you have any answer for that? I, they just must want Caden to succeed in their fantasy league because I mean, whoever Devonte Adams is the best wide receiver like for fantasy. I think I saw something on uh, Reddit earlier today about target shares per team, and I think. Devonte Adams has been targeted like 61 times this season, and the next highest was 17 on their team. So, he Aaron Rodgers just peppers him with targets, and he's just an amazing player to have on your fantasy team. And yeah. I mean, Robert Woods, if he starts finding his rhythm, they don't look to Cooper Cup nearly as much as they were. I think Caden's got a scary team here. Um, he obviously missed quite a bit on Allen Robinson. He's been kind of lackluster but he's been able to fill that in through his trades and um it's going to be an interesting matchup this week yeah it's interesting uh looking at kind of Caden's, I, I don't want to jump too much into Caden's team but he's kind of got three-ish weak points right now for his team he's it's his flex tight end and quarterback are you are looking at those as your kind of edge that you can kind of beat him this week uh when you kind of look at it not really um i i guess i would say the flex position i feel confident i could beat him in i have whoever you want gibson swift zeke they kind of rotate the flex position whoever plays the latest that week so i think i have the edge there over Devonte parker in terms of tight end i do wish i still had mike gusecki for my bye week fill-in uh, i wish i didn't drop him earlier on in the season uh he would be a nice bye week fill-in for me this week so i think caden will probably have the edge there over whoever i end up picking up off the waiver wire and if daniel jones is all right i mean he looked pretty rough this weekend so i don't know if he's going to play or not but I mean, he's any quarterback that runs the ball is great for fantasy. So I think he probably will have the edge in the quarterback position unless I find a gem on the waiver wire. Yeah, you're definitely going to have to do some searching to kind of fill out those uh, positions on your team. Uh, going back to your core of your running backs, uh, Mary Fuck Hill, Gibson, Swift, Zeke, what do you got? Ooh, I think I'd have to marry Zeke because he's just been so consistent this whole season and He's shown consistency throughout his entire career, and he really hasn't like been struck by the injury bug so much. Knock on wood, and the podcast curse might kill me on that this week, but who knows? But just um, he's just been so good throughout his career that I love having him on my team. I would probably fuck DeAndre Swift because he's been popping off lately, but the Lions suck, and there's a decent chance he's, his production could fall off as the game script kind of goes away from him and they don't lean on the run game nearly as much, and they try to air it out to their receivers that no one knows the names of. <laughs> and then Gibson, um, he's definitely the, the lowest guy on my totem pole, I'd say. He's got this shin injury that is probably going to linger with him the whole season, like a stress fracture in his shin or something. But that news came out, and then he pulls two touchdowns out this past weekend. So who knows? Um, hopefully he can maintain some production and not and isn't too affected by this injury moving forward it's interesting yeah yeah i would i, I would fuck deandre swift too but uh yeah johnny we could uh if you got anything else for him you could jump in uh that's actually all i got for you nutter i want to thank you for coming on i dig your team a lot man i you got a great share of running backs going there and like you said you hit on what looks to be both your receivers i've always been a fan of dj moore uh thank god he got away from teddy bridgewater is all i can say and I, I think, you know, despite you having this tough luck early on and taking a couple of losses while other teams scoring a lot less points or getting wins, I think fantasy, it all balances out. And by the end of the year, you'll be uh, looking just fine. Thank you for having me, guys. And I'd also like to thank the rest of the league for letting Deontay Johnson slip so far. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on, Nutter. Uh, we hope to have you on soon again. But no such thing as podcast curse around here. 
Uh, these are just complaints from bad teams. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, see ya. All right, boys. Now it's time to preview the matchups uh, for the week upcoming, week six. The first matchup we will be taking a look at is Scott versus Bryce. Watch what you say, Quan versus Christian Dior Dior. This matchup sees uh, what most people would say are two of the best teams in the league going head to head. Uh, Scott currently sits at three and two, and Bryce is the lone undefeated team heading into this matchup. Uh, so there's huge implications going forward and obviously a ton of bragging rights for Scott if he can be the one to take down Bryce's undefeated streak. But in order for him to do that, he's going to need Justin Herbert to perform again. And it's not going to be particularly easy as the Chargers will head across country to face Baltimore in Baltimore. Uh, obviously, the Ravens are feeling really, really good coming off of their comeback win against the Colts on Monday Night Football, but I'm sure the Chargers are feeling just as good as well after their comeback win against the Browns. But what is perhaps the bigger question mark on Scott's team is what will happen at RB2 with the Saquon Barkley injury. David Johnson is currently slated to start. The Houston running back will head to Indianapolis and play them. Uh, and the Indy defense, you know, Certainly couldn't stop Lamar through the air, but they did a fairly good job of containing Baltimore's run game. I believe that Baltimore run streak of over 100 yards came to an end on Monday night against the Colts uh, after that controversial end in the Denver game where they got a couple extra yards to get the record when they didn't need to. But uh, So that will be really what's a huge question mark. Obviously, this is a huge matchup, so Scott's going to need points from all kinds of different positions up and down the board um another interesting uh bit of note here currently slotted in at scott's flex is tight end dalton schultz for the dallas cowboys the cowboys will head to new england and play at four o'clock this week it's pretty rare that you see a tight end in the flex position so i'm going to scroll down and take a look at scott's bench and he's going to go with him in lieu of jalen waddle aj green uh, Josh Gordon so we'll be it'll be interesting to see if Scott does end up sticking with Dalton Schultz or if he looks to add someone off the waivers to ultimately input into that flex obviously Schultz has been good recently he's gone 26 17 and 13 the last three weeks respectively so we're seeing great numbers there um, and we know that his other tight end Mark Andrews is obviously a lock at the tight end position itself so again, Scott will need a lot. He'll need guys like Diggs and Cup to do what they normally do if he has any chance. And actually, he could use a little bit more from either of those guys. Uh, they play Diggs will head to Tennessee, and Cup will head to face the Giants team, which is beginning to look like a skeleton crew over there. But on the flip side, the undefeated uh, Christian Dior Dior. Obviously, what he needs is just for them to keep on doing what they have been doing. Uh, currently slated in is Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he's currently listed as questionable, uh, but on Monday, Matt Rule, the coach for the Panthers, said that he's hopeful that he will be able to play against the Vikings this week. That obviously has huge implications. Uh, Chuba Hubbard has not was not quite able to bring in the type of productivity you'd love to see from a handcuff, certainly not like Alexander Madison for the Vikings. So he will certainly welcome back Christian McCaffrey. Uh, in what will be a big game for the Panthers after coming off of a loss to the Eagles. And Najee Harris will be in prime time against Seattle. I mean, he's been electric the last 
really for the duration of the season. He was down week one, and since then he's been RB1 candidate each and every single week. Uh, they have a big matchup against Seattle. I'm not even currently sure of Russell Wilson's health. That could also be a factor in how that game ultimately turns out. He also has Marquise Brown currently in his lineup. Marquise Brown has quietly put together a very nice season, but that was capped by an absolutely huge day on Monday Night Football this past week where he had 33 and a half points. Bryce was not able to take advantage of that in his matchup, but he is certainly believing that Marquise Brown will be able to do that this week in the big matchup against Scott. And then Dawson Knox will head to Tennessee and look to continue being one of the highest scoring tight ends in a still relatively shallow tight end class. Uh, Jacob, you will have to help me out here on what the guys are saying with the numbers because I do not currently have that pulled up. What are the guys uh, thinking about that? We got a pretty lopsided uh, viewing here. We got a 10-2 to split in Bryce's favor. So, guys are thinking Bryce are going to, is going to 6-0. and See how it goes. But, yeah, with the injuries to Scott, that seems like it might be something there. He certainly has an uphill battle, and thank you for that, Jacob. What matchup are you previewing for us? Let's jump over to Caden versus Nutter. Uh, we got the Adams Resurrection versus Nutter shitty-ass team. Uh, looking at the quarterbacks, these might be the two worst teams uh, at the quarterback position here. Uh, Daniel Jones versus Ryan Tannehill. They might be looking to add some guys on the waivers to uh, kind of strengthen that position there. So we'll see how that goes forward. I know Daniel Jones has done good, but he's currently questionable. Not quite sure what he's dealing with, but that team uh, does not look healthy right now, so it might not be great for uh, Daniel Jones next week uh, moving forward. Uh, but then we got uh, some strong running backs in this matchup. Uh, we got Eckler for Caden, and then the trio for Nutter, the Gibson, Swift, and Zeke Core. Well, we'll definitely be looking at how all those guys perform. Caden's going to be a need a big performance from Eckler there if he wants to stay close with the guys of Gibson, Swift, and Zeke. Uh, they've those three have looked good for Nutter recently, and they're going to really uh, be the core of his team throughout the entire year, so they got to continue to perform if he wants to continue to get wins moving forward continually. Uh, but let's continue on to Caden's team. Uh, Devontae Adams has continued to soar as a uh, number one wide receiver for his team, and uh Robert Woods looked good last week. Maybe he can continue to do that moving forward. But Caden's uh, got some uh, decisions to make uh, with Chris Carson, see if he's going to be able to make it next week. I'm not quite sure with that as well. But he keeps, he's keeps he got Allen Robinson slated on the bench again. Uh, it might be the smart decision there. He hasn't looked as good. But we'll continue to monitor the situation for Allen Robinson. Uh, but... Yeah, with uh, his stud man, Cordell Patterson, on the bench, he's got to find a different way to uh, fl put somebody into his flex to kind of continue that production that uh, Cordell Patterson really uh, was slotting in there and having some good games for him there. Uh, but, yeah, this matchup's going to be interesting. Nutter's going to have to figure out what he wants to do with the tight end position with uh Kyle Pitts on by, and uh, Kane's got Gasecki in right now, so we'll see if that uh, can be somebody that he uh, can feel confident in starting in that position for tight end for him. But if we move on over to the preview or how the guys are looking at it, uh, this one's pretty uh, lopsided as well. We got a 9-3 to split. We got the Adams Resurrection 
uh, coming in with 75% of the vote. His team's looked very strong, and he looks to continue to roll forward, but Nutter's team has looked good as well. well this is going to be a very interesting matchup going forward. Uh, Johnny, what else you got for us? The next matchup we're going to take a look at here is Joe versus Stino, Titty Milkers Milk Gods versus El Nerd. Both these teams are coming off a loss in the last week. For Joe, it was his third straight loss in a row, so he is in big need of a win this week. On paper, this matchup looks fairly even, but there are a couple positions to note. My eyes are immediately drawn to the flex position. Currently slated in is Kareem Hunt for Stino. Hunt has been playing excellent, excellently as of late. He's had three uh, he's had two games over 25 in the last three weeks and three games over 15 uh, each of the last three weeks. That's been excellent. But in the flex position for Joe is a guy who has mostly been pretty strong, Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati, but was down last week. So I think that matchup could be interesting going forward. Uh, Cincinnati will head to Detroit, so that's Tyler Boyd will play against what most people think of as one of the worst teams in the NFL. Meanwhile, Kareem Hunt will stay at home and play Arizona, who many people think might be the best team in the NFL. So I'm not sure how much that might factor into what output comes there. Currently, Hunt is projected to get roughly four more points than Boyd would currently, but that Cincinnati offense is tough. Week to week, it kind of changes who gets the ball a lot there. But also of note with Kareem Hunt is that Joe is going with Nick Chubb. So we have two running backs in the best backfield in the NFL on opposing teams here. And I think whoever gets those goal line carries could end up being the difference in this matchup. Uh, Hunt has certainly, has certainly siphoned away a lot of potential scoring opportunities from Chubb so far, but that, hasn't stopped Chubb, that has not stopped Chubb from finding the end zone enough to be as fantasy relevant as Joe would like him to be. Uh, that being said, the other running back position is Josh Jacobs for Joe, and Steno will have Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon. Really, I think these guys got a lot of good running backs going here. I think they're all pretty close. None of these guys seem to run away from one or the other. Uh, and like I said, this on paper appears to be a pretty close matchup. And for the most part, the guys agree they will lean towards Steno. 58% of the guys are thinking Steno will get back on the winning track and believe Joe will take his fourth loss in as many weeks. What do you have next, Jacob? Let's. Uh, did you do the uh, the break that what the guys are thinking? Am I just stupid? Yes, I, I just, I just, I, yep. I, 58, my 58 bad, I zoned out there. <laughs> 58%. Well, Jacob apparently thinks that Steno versus Joe is a snoozer. Yo, it is a big snooze fest over there. Joe's team is trash. Uh, but let's get over to uh, Jack versus Johnny. Uh, this one, uh, some might argue, is another snooze fest here, uh, but... All jokes aside, uh, Jack's looking for his first win coming into this one. Uh, hopefully his team can perform well. Maybe Miles Gaskin can perform how he did last week. But Dalvin Cook slated into the lineup right now. If he can go, he's always good, good for him at any point over any of his other players. Um, hopefully we could look at getting some of his other guys back, like Julio Jones. We'll see how that goes throughout the week, but... Uh, he's got Keenan Allen in. Keenan Allen's got Baltimore next week. Maybe he can have a bounce-back game, kind of take over some of those catches from Mike Williams. 
And then Pittman had a great game, and then he he's going up against Houston, so he slated in for the lineup for Jack. Uh, so Jack's team uh, looking strong here. Uh, hopefully he can get a win. Uh, maybe TJ Hawkinson can come back into his first two week performances uh, moving forward. But uh, Jack's got Damon Damian Williams in the flex as well, so we'll see if uh, he can go and kind of put up those 12, 15 points where he's he kind of looked for him uh, last week. Uh, but going over to your side, uh, your running backs currently got slated in Murray and Bolden. I doubt you're going to be sticking with both of those guys moving forward. We'll see what you do on the waiver wire and if you, any of you guys on your bench get into there. But you are obviously looking at your three wide receivers here, especially Hill and Lamb. Now that uh, Kittle is down on injury, you got some question marks at tight end, so you'll see if you can... Stay stick with Tyler Conklin, or if you go out find somebody else on the market, maybe you could perform like Knox uh, over in Buffalo. But yeah, Emmanuel Sanders got the Monday night game. We'll see if you keep him in there, or if you want to roll with Devontae Smith. But Sanders has looked good, and then Kyler Murray going up against Cleveland, looking to have a good performance as he's been down in the past couple weeks. But Johnny's your team's looking good. You got some decisions to make going forward especially in your running back and tight end spots so we'll see how you adapt to those changes and uh who you are confident in starting uh but let's go look at how the guys are looking at this one uh this one's looking like it is if i could find it uh, we got a seven to five split here similar to the last matchup uh Johnny came through with seven of the the, uh, the votes, but a lot of guys are thinking Jack and maybe this could be his win here. Your team's hit, hit or miss. You kind of missed last week, but you still got the win. But we'll see if you can uh, hit this week and take down Jack as he has not been able to get a win under his belt so far this year. Uh, so, Johnny, why don't you get us to uh, your third matchup here, the fifth of the day. All right, Jacob. Absolutely my pleasure. This Actually, this next matchup will involve you. It'll see you taking on Brian Allen's Large Gordon versus the Nail Biters, two teams that have had some struggles in the past couple of weeks. Both of you guys are looking to get on the right page. Obviously, Jacob, you're coming off of a heartbreaker, and you're certainly ready to get back on the field and prove that your team is fairly better than the one and four record that you currently have but in order to do that you're going to need to see a lot more production from your running back position currently slated in is melvin gordon and devin singletary both have been underperforming for the most part this entire season uh, that buffalo backfield is tough zach moss tends to take carries away from devin singletary on the other side uh, Brian, on the other hand, as a running back who has performed exactly the way you'd want to see. Derrick Henry has been monstrous this year. He's been great. If you take out the first week, he's been absolutely phenomenal. But a big question mark did arise with the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire injury, which as of now, he is currently being replaced by Jamal Williams from Detroit. Uh, Jamal Williams, the story on him is if he finds the end zone, it's a good week. And if he doesn't, it's uh, not a very good week at all. So that'll be something to watch as they will play Cincinnati at home. The other big question mark for Brian is how will DK Metcalf perform in the absence of Russell Wilson? I mentioned earlier that I was unsure of Wilson's status. I have now confirmed that he will be out several weeks. 
So Geno Smith will be the guy going forward. When Smith came into that game against the Rams on Thursday Night Football, he kind of lit a fuse under the Seahawks and found DK Metcalf several times. But with the full week of preparation, we'll see if defenses will be able to figure that out. Not only that, they play Pittsburgh this week, which is always known for having a good defense. But on your side, You've had some great performances from your receivers. Calvin Ridley obviously was out last week, but you have so much depth that it didn't really matter. Jamar Chase and Mike Williams will be going. Both guys have been performing great this year. Jamar Chase looks like he could be on, uh, could potentially become a rookie of the year, certainly as a candidate at this point in time. And also the tight end position. Brian will look for Noah Fant to do a little more than he did last week. Uh, two of the last three weeks, Fant has missed. Elsewise, he's been good. That Denver team has been shaking a little bit with two consecutive losses after a hot start. So ultimately, this matchup should be fairly tightly contested, I would imagine. There's obviously some question marks on both sides, and whether or not your running backs, Jacob, will be able to perform quite their same way. Obviously, Elijah Mitchell will be on bye this week, so you won't be bailed out there. Uh, and Samaj P. Ryan looks like he might not get as much usage because it seems that Joe Mixon injury is not as severe as was originally thought. So in terms of what the boys think of this matchup, it is right down the middle. It's a 50-50 split. They believe that both of you guys have a good chance to win. Um, so we'll have to wait and see until this week to see who actually takes the edge and which guys step up to deliver the win. What do you have next, Jacob? Let's jump over to our final matchup here. We got Jake versus Aiden here. Uh, Jake's team came off a very impressive win. We would have loved to have him on the pod. We're going to figure out how to get him on the pod. We're uh, moving forward. Uh, some scheduling conflicts there, but we'll uh, work that out because we definitely want to hear from him as he's had a great season so far. 4-1, and one, going up against Aiden, who's been very down recently, uh, but Jonathan Taylor, he was bad the first couple weeks, good this past couple weeks. So Jake's uh, got a good running back in his number one running back spot. And then uh, he's just got a solid team all around. Uh, Lamar Jackson obviously really took over that game last night and is looking incredible, kind of like MVP Lamar Jackson. So if he can continue to perform like that, Jake's got a very strong team going forward. Uh, it's looking like Gronk's in the lineup right now going Thursday, uh, so hopefully Gronk's healthy because that man's a menace in the end zone, and he can really put up a lot of points if he gets those red zone targets and touchdowns. Uh, but Jamar... Uh, Chase Claypool, um, I thought his name was Jamar Chase for a second there, but he had a great performance last week. Juju goes down. We'll see if he can kind of take that role and uh, kind of continue to perform as strong as he did in last week's matchup. And then uh, Terry McLaurin didn't have as great of a game last week, but he's been solid, and he's going up against Kansas City, so there's a lot of points that can be offered up there. We'll see if that if McLaurin could capitalize on that matchup there with that paper-thin defense in Kansas City. Uh, we'll jump on over to Aiden's side. Russell Wilson's out for a couple weeks here, so we'll see how he... Uh, who he replaces him with, maybe he goes out, makes a trade, hits the waiver wire, but he's definitely got to answer those questions uh, for himself in his quarterback position. Uh, and then he's got Kamara on by, so his team's not looking strong this week. He's got to get Miles My Sanders and Zach Moss. They're slated in there right now. Maybe he'll look to switch those out. But he's got some strong wide receivers in theory, but A.J. Brown hasn't performed well. Maybe he can do that 
uh, kind of performed against Buffalo, but Buffalo's defense looked really strong uh, in these past couple weeks. So AJ Brown, uh, maybe he's got to look at different spots, uh, potentially benching AJ Brown until he can kind of prove that he's not affected by this injury. But Chris Godwin's uh, been solid this whole year. Hopefully, he can have a good game. And then we're looking for Darren Waller to kind of perform and jump back into what he should be doing in that uh, Vegas offense, but. Uh, with the coaching changes there, we'll see how that works uh, if they want to rely on him. And then Cortland Sutton has been good ever since the Jerry Judy injury, so he uh, is a good start for him in his position there. Um, but looking at over what the boys are thinking, this is the most lopsided matchup that we have here. This is a 12-0 to split here. Jake got all 12 votes, and yeah, Aiden's team, they got injuries, bye weeks, his team's not looking strong next week, but we'll see what he can do and maybe he can edge out a upsetting victory over Jake's team. Uh, yeah, but those are all the matchups that we have, and I think we are going to have a very incredible week here. We'll see how the guys adapt to the buys. Anything else, Johnny, before we get into the rest of the episode? Like you said, Jacob, I think we're in store for an interesting week six. As you said, injuries have been popping up all over the place, and now the bye weeks are beginning. So this is truly when the scramble begins as guys each week will jostle around with their lineups, and these start-sit decisions will really make huge differences going forward. But with that being said, I think it's time that we break down these coaches' polls and maybe even do a little power rankings. What do you say? Let's get right into it. All right, fellas, let's go ahead and finish out this episode here, and let's look into the sixth team out of the gauntlet. Coming in with the most votes here, we got Scott with five votes. Scott's team had the uh, come-behind victory. I voted for him strictly for that reason. I will say that right here. But, Johnny, do you think Scott's team can be eliminated here? We're getting down to the wire. I think the big consideration with Scott is the Saquon Barkley injury. It reveals that he has absolutely no depth on that running back bench, barring David Johnson having a breakout day or him being able to snag someone off the waivers. So I can understand it from that point. Although that being said, I do think Scott has enough to overcome. I mean, granted, Saquon Barkley had nine tenths of a point last week and he put up over 150 points. So the talent's there outside of that. But I think just on that injury consideration alone, that is worthwhile of getting a gauntlet vote. Definitely, that does raise a lot of concerns. Coming in next was Joe. Joe's teams looked really down. I think that's where a lot of guys are coming here for voting him out of here. Uh, and then uh, Austin received two votes. His teams looked good, but last week a little down. Still put up a good amount of points. And then Bryce received one vote. Uh, out of those guys, obviously, Joe's probably the more likely one to get eliminated, but... Um, you got anything on those guys there uh, as we wrap through these gauntlets? Uh, we're almost done with this. We're, om- we're getting halfway through it. Uh, you know, in terms of for Joe, Joe's been on a downhill slide the last three weeks. The one positive that's been going for him is that he's still in the gauntlet, but it looks like he won't be able to continue that downward slide and stay in the gauntlet now as we get fewer and fewer teams remaining. Uh, Bryce, I have to imagine that vote might just be out of spite or jealousy because he's been uh, ridiculously consistent. And with McCaffrey possibly returning to the fray this week, that certainly seems unlikely. And then Steno, you know, Steno hasn't been uh, hitting the board hard with a ton of points. 
But like I said, as we get further along in this gauntlet, it's really just, I think it comes down to uh, when you miss out on a big performance from a guy that you need from, or you get an injury or a bye week, you know, that might be what sends you out. Definitely. Yep. I'm very excited to see how this wraps up here. It stinks that both of us are out of this because it would have been fun to have a gauntlet matchup for the uh, two podcast hosts. Maybe one day, uh, Johnny, we can get that fantasy. But uh, we could jump in over to the best team vote. This one only received 11 responses. Uh, Looking at you, I believe it was Aiden. Uh, Didn't want to uh, deal with that vote there. But uh, who else? got the most votes it's Bryce his team's been consistent uh you got anything else to add to Bryce's team here I know you just got into that yeah I mean Bryce Bryce's team is the easy vote it's with the way Najee Harris has been playing with Christian with Christian McCaffrey I mean what he's been able to do with McCaffrey being out but him coming back in Marquise Brown getting a lot of points on the bench I mean he just the depth is there and I mean honestly the emergence of Dawson Knox as a top flight tight end I think it's an easy pick. Definitely. Uh, some other guys rounding out some votes here. We had uh, Johnny, you received a vote. Uh, I received a vote, and Caden received a vote. Uh, some love getting thrown to the podcast hosts here. Not quite sure who voted us into this, but it's always great to be on this board. And, you know, you edged out Brian last week in that matchup so you know you you win ugly but you win Johnny and that's really what you got to look at your team there uh what about and then Caden's team uh what about him he's got Devontae Adams on his team Austin Eckler he's got great one-two punch with those guys you got anything for these three teams receiving a vote here like you mentioned, once again, I'm I'm continually flattered to be to be put up in here. I do believe my team is good, although after the week I had last week, I'm not sure that I maybe necessarily deserve to be there. But like you said, fantasy is about finding ways to win, and that is what my team did last week. Uh, in terms of for Caden, I mean, like you said, Devonta Adams has been ridiculous, and Austin Eckler has been ridiculous. There are some question marks about his team in terms of it being the best team, especially when Nutter was on. He mentioned the disappearing act of Allen Robinson. Chris Carson has fallen out of favor and is now injured in Seattle. But Robert Woods was a positive on Thursday night, as it seems like him and Stafford are finally getting on the same page. In terms of you receiving a vote, Jacob, like I said, I've liked your team from the start, but in terms of best team, someone might just be trying to suck up to the podcast host. I don't know. Maybe they want to get on the show. I'm I'm not sure there, Jacob. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with whoever voted for me there uh, because my team is the best. It's just been some unlucky things that went through, but... Yeah, uh, I think, you know, everybody has a right to deserve a vote there, except for Aiden and Jack's team. Um, (laughs) uh, But, yeah, no, a lot of teams are are good in this league, but Bryce definitely has been the clear standout favorite as the number one voted team throughout the year, just through consistency and putting up a lot of points on a lot of teams. But, Johnny, if you're ready, we can get on over into the power rankings. I am absolutely ready for this week's power rankings, and like always, we are going to start off at number 12, and like we did last week, number 12 will be Jack once again, team, has he changed his team name or is he still Hawking Balls? Yeah, yeah he, 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 
He did. He's Windsor, Windsor Wings now. This is you guys change your team names a lot, okay? You've added a lot of undue stress to this podcasting business. But Jack uh, will stay in last place. He loses yet again. His point total did increase a little bit this week. He got all the way up to 114 after a dismal week last week, but it still was not good enough to get him one on the board through five weeks. Not a single win yet. Uh, so he is the sole owner of number 12 on the rankings. Who do you got next, Jacob? Coming in at number 11, it's uh, he falls one spot here. It's Aiden. Aiden's team falls down. Uh, he doesn't even know anymore. We don't even know anymore. The only thing keeping out of number 12 spot is the guy who was listed before him, Jack. Uh, but, yeah, Aiden's got two wins. He looked strong early and then just hasn't looked the same since. Uh, why don't you jump us over to number 10 here? Number 10, a similar story. The downward spiral of Joe has continued into its third week. He will fall one more spot this week. He's down to number 10, currently at a 2-3 record. His points per game is still a healthy 124, although a little misleading as he has not cracked that number since week 2. Like I said uh, earlier on, he's certainly going to be looking this week to turn that around because with three losses in a row, adding a fourth becomes a dangerous, dangerous downward spiral. Who's at number nine? Coming in at number nine, dropping two points. He's got 119.9 points per game. It's Brian. Brian's team was very consistent throughout the beginning of the year, but it's just fallen off. He's our week's gauntlet loser, and he just lost a heartbreaker on Monday night. So why don't we just stick it to him even more and put him in the bottom quarter of the rankings? Those experts are uh, ruthless. Why don't you jump us over to number eight here? Number eight, despite a loss, Jacob, you jumped three spots from last week to number eight. You had the gut wrencher. It's been talked about time and time again. We've beaten it into the ground, but your team did have a great week, even though it did result in a loss. And it showed that your team does have potential to be good. And that's why that's deserving of a move up three spots to number eight. Who's at number seven? Coming in at number seven, it's no one else besides you, Johnny. Your team's number seven. You dropped one spot from last week. Uh, you got the win. You still dropped, though. It was a tough matchup, and a lot of teams looked good last week. So I think that's where the experts are coming through with this one. But, yeah, you get wins, and you're in the playoff picture right now, Johnny. So not a lot to be concerned about, but you're looking to perform next week to get you higher up into that rankings, I assume. Uh, but you can jump us over to number six now. At number six, we are going to see Nutter jump two spots from eight to six. He put on a huge week, and he's finally starting to get the victories that we know his team's capable of. We had him on the show, and as it goes, if you're on the show, it means you're going up in the rankings, and Nutter does just that. The running backs looked excellent. It seems like, as he mentioned, his team has a very high floor, and so we should expect him to keep moving up the rankings as we go forward. Who's at number five? Coming in at number five, he took a tough loss this week against our highest scorer of the week. It's Steno. Steno drops two spots. He probably wishes he could have got that victory, push him into a higher spot, but he was taken down this week and drops down to five, but he stays in the top five. His team's still very strong, and we'll see how he can move forward with that. What do we got at number four? At number four, we are going to see, it's been a story over the last couple of weeks. It's kind of the reverse Joe. Caden has been on the upward ascent, ascent steadily uh, since that trade with you, Jacob. He's up one spot from last week to number four. 
as he adds yet another win. His record improves to 3-2, and two, and his team's just looking really good all the way around. Devontae Adams and Austin Eckler are phenomenal, and he fully deserves to be here at the number four spot. Who's at number three? Coming in at number three, we got, watch, uh, we got Scotty Kuh, the fucking prick himself. He goes up one spot. He was at number four last week. He had to come from behind victory, yada, yada, yada. Nobody cares about what he did. He's number three. Let's move on to number two. But, yeah, no, Scott's good team, three and two. What do you got at number two? At number two, we are actually going to see no movement here. Jake stays exactly where he was last week. He's number two. He was the highest scorer this week. As we mentioned, monster performances from Lamar and Jonathan Taylor. Despite the namesake, Taylor sucks. Taylor did not suck at all this week. Mike Evans also has been phenomenal. And with a potential Rob Gronkowski return on the horizon, things are looking up for Jake. And he stays exactly put where he is at number two. Who's at number one? Coming in at number one, it's who else than Bryce. Bryce takes the number one spot again. He's going to be sitting there until he takes a loss, I presume. His team's solid. We talked about it earlier. His team's good. He stays at one, um, and it's just incredible. Uh, any surprises in this uh, rankings here, Johnny? Are you, th- are you pretty happy with what uh, these experts who are sitting vigorously 24 hours of straight effort work after the Monday night game? They just pushed you know, through. I know that this, this power rankings committee has been very heavily criticized uh, basically since its inception at the beginning of the season. And, uh, you know, I think that's kind of bullshit in a sense. They, they, It's like referees in football, right? You know, you never talk about when they do anything right. You're always looking out to criticize them when they're not going your way. But something that does stick out to me, we have absolutely no movement at the top of the board. Spots one and two stay the same. And uh, I think that should be very troubling to the rest of the guys on the board that we have two teams at the top that have stayed there uh week after week or the last two weeks i should say so it's you know as we get further along here these power ranking positions begin to matter a little bit more because i think they really tell you what teams are just consistently that good and which are the ones to worry about definitely uh but we do have some pretty good matchups coming up here we got a one versus three matchup we got bryce versus scott so we'll see who can kind of take that one maybe scott can be the guy to take down the crown there but yeah it's gonna be a fun week coming up uh johnny you got any uh predictions coming up throughout this this week any crazy uh storylines you want to follow anything else i want to pick your brain here for a second The only real crazy prediction I have this week is that come hill or high water will be on the rise. We took a win this week. It was dirty, but we won and we dropped down to the power rankings and we have we we can understand, uh, you know, the committee there a little bit. We got a little bit of a gripe, though. You take a win and I think we deserve to move up a spot or at least stay exactly where we were. But. We realize, you know, given that he scored only 95 points, that's what's going to happen. So this week, we're going to leave no doubt in the minds of the committee. We're going to lay a huge number on the board and push Jack, unfortunately, to 0-6. I'm sorry, Jack. You just happened to be in the way of the bulldozer this week. It's nothing personal. But I'm looking at a 150-point week this week from come hill or high water. That's uh, quite a prediction there you got coming here. But I want to look at these three through five teams all right i'll throw even six in there i feel like there's a lot of places where these guys can slide up and down right here maybe push 
for that number two spot and maybe number one. Those are some strong teams in our uh, on our uh, board here, and we'll see how they can do moving forward. But Scott Caden, Steno, and Nutter, they're vying for this uh, movement on the top of the boards. Uh, but, yeah, besides that, that's all I got for the episode, Johnny. And I, I think it was a fun one. We had brought in a new rule, broke down some good matchups, talked about some players, had an incredible guest on. Uh, yeah, if you don't have anything else, uh, we could send it off to the boys into uh, the rest of their days. Uh, you got anything? Well, Jacob, I'm just excited for week week six. I can't wait to be sitting down with here with you here next week and breaking down the matchups once again. But before that happens, we got to get through week six. So I say let's just let week six get right into it. Yep, let's sit down, enjoy some football, watch some good players, good teams all around. But yes, we love you, fellas. We'll talk to you guys later. See you, boys. <laughs>